Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of VMware's Partnership Perspectives. I'm Kathleen Tandy, Vice President of Global Partner and Alliances Marketing at VMware, and I'm pleased to bring you the stories and trends from VMware industry analysts, partners, and executives. Today, I'm joined by Tom Gillis, Senior Vice President and General Manager of the Network and Advanced Security Business Unit at VMware. Tom is responsible for driving VMware's networking and security business strategy. Together, we discuss the challenges of security threats and ransomware attacks and how VMware's security solutions capabilities, together in collaboration with our trusted partners, are helping to address ongoing security breaches. Enjoy the full conversation now. Tom, welcome to Partnership Perspectives. It's great to have you with us today. Great. Thanks, Kathleen. It's great to be here. So, Tom, to get us kicked off, let's talk about your role at VMware as the Senior Vice President and General Manager of the new Network and Advanced Security Business Group at VMware. You lead the organization that's defining the future of VMware's networking and security portfolio. Can you give our listeners an overview of your areas of responsibility and how your roles as CEO of Bracket, GM of Cisco's Security Technology Group, and more, lots of different roles, have led you to this role? So we had two very strong security businesses. At VMware, we have Carbon Black, which is an endpoint product and very successful and very much known in the hearts and minds of, of the buyer as a security product. And then we had NSX, which is really has really taken the market by storm. NSX is 90 of the Fortune 100 have standardized on NSX, so we're kind of winning all the big accounts. But it's mostly in the mind of the customer. It's mostly a networking product. They think of it as like, oh, it's network automation. It's making my my private cloud behave like the public cloud. Fully automated, no tickets to deploy a workload. But as NSX has matured, we've added security capabilities to NSX that are really unique and very, very powerful and are beginning to become a very important part of the business. And so we see really interesting interconnection between these two businesses as they start to grow together. And that was the idea behind, let's organize them under one roof and that'll make those connections easier to find. And so that is the network and advanced security business group that I run. Great. In terms of the the responsibility that you're looking after, I assume that's the development of the roadmap based on customer feedback, how you're seeing trends in the market leading and steering that future as you, and I know you talk to customers all the time in terms of trying to understand that, how critical are the networking and the security components of our customers' multi-cloud and digital transformation to that transformation that is leading us to have this be such a critical business for VMware? Sure. So every customer, every major enterprise customer I talk to has some level of multi-cloud infrastructure. I've got stuff that runs in my own data center. I've got stuff that might run on Amazon. I've got stuff that might run on Microsoft. Maybe I've got all three. Maybe I've got something at Google, Oracle Cloud, et cetera. And in fact, the trend is more, not less there. So we see more pockets of infrastructure. Oh, then you add in edge computing, right? So this stuff's kind of moving everywhere. How do you tie it all together? Networking is the glue, the shoelaces that makes it coherent and makes it work. The way we used to think about networking was with devices, boxes, a CLI, you set up a switch, a router, and you've got some very specialized engineers that can make those changes. The electrons still have to move from point A to point B. So switches and routers still exist, but more and more the switch and router is job is just to forward packets and all the kind of policy and the, the clever stuff that's done in software. 
This is the whole revolution behind software-defined networking that VMware pioneered about eight years ago. And in a multi-cloud world, you can't live without it. So that's one aspect of this business, which is stitching together a multi-cloud infrastructure. The second aspect, and I'll argue maybe even more important because you can stitch it together, but if there's holes in it, yikes, right? Like uh, security is job one at VMware and it's job one for our customers. Look at the impact to the business of some of these high profile security breaches that we've seen. Devastating impact, you can take a whole business down. So we have very unique security capabilities that leverage the intrinsic attributes of our virtualization platform to be able to pr protect workloads and to make sure that, that an attacker, even if they get into your network, we make sure they can't stay in your network in a way that's really unique. It's almost like two halves of an apple. Software-defined networking and advanced distributed security allow us to protect your workloads and connect your workloads wherever they are. And that's, that's the mission here. So security not only is important in networking, I know that we also, as part of VMware, think of security needing to be intrinsic across the entire stack, every part of the portfolio. So just want to check here, make sure security isn't necessarily just intrinsic to networking, right? I mean, it's also, it's edge, it's everything. I'm a security professional. I ran the security products group at Cisco. I've started interesting security companies that have been acquired. The one lesson I'll tell you from security is that the more broadly you can understand the context of what's happening, the more accurate your security decisions. In fact, it's almost a little bit like common sense. If an attacker, like let's look at the SolarWinds attack, unbelievably sophisticated attack. But if you had the ability to look at it and be like, hey, that's weird. Why is my network monitoring box connecting to this laptop, which is then connecting to this other server, which is then connecting to a DNS server at Amazon? That should never happen. So the anomalies stick out like a sore thumb if you can see them. And this is what we do uniquely at VMware is we have such a broad portfolio and then we're so present in the customer's infrastructure that we're able to see things that other companies and other vendors can't. To your point, Kathleen, it takes a systems approach. You don't just put a little dollop of security at the edge of your infrastructure. You put it everywhere. You put it under all your workloads, all your endpoints, and then you have the ability to stitch it together and see exactly what's, what's what. And this is something that we're really, really good at. I think it distinguishes us in the market and you're going to hear more from us in that regard. So part of managing that, that whole system is managing that. The way we've set up the organization at VMware, our management whole portfolio sits someplace else. We have our whole kind of sassy and secure edge business somewhere else. What approach are you taking to ensure that across our entire portfolio, it's all stitched together so security is intrinsically woven into everything? This is, I think, one of the things that VMware does very, very well particularly the network security group, I'd say half of our engineers are focused on doing projects that integrate that security into the other VMware offerings. So for example, SASE in the Anywhere workspace, that is a revolutionary movement in the industry, something that we really need our partners to go out and help customers understand how do I build a network in a world where work is a thing you do, not a place you come? What does the network look like? The old model of the DMZ where I'm hairpinning traffic from wherever you are through a VPN into these firewalls and web proxies, everyone knows that model is, is antiquated and no longer relevant. So I need to put security out in the capillaries of the network next to where the users are. VMware is well-situated to do this with Workspace ONE, with our SD-WAN offering, and with the firewall and advanced security capabilities that we deliver from NSX. So that stuff is all built in to our SASE offering. And for partners, there's probably no hotter market right now than the SASE thing. 
I mean, literally 75% of the customers I talk to, they won't talk about this. And the thing that's not immediately obvious is that when a customer chooses to go the SASE model, the, the old best of breed approach of like, I'm going to pick and choose a firewall from vendor P and a web proxy from vendor B and a sandbox from vendor F and stitch them all together myself. Well, you can't do that in this software world because you'd be hopscotching from you know, one vendor's cloud to another vendor's cloud to another vendor's cloud. There's too much latency. So it's got to be one integrated stack. So it turns into kind of a winner-take-all game where whoever wins this deal is going to win the firewall, the web proxy, the CASB, the ZTNA, all that stuff. So that's big money. And you know VMware is in the pole position here. So together with our partners, I think we can go out and we can teach customers how to build networks for the 21st century, how to think about access, how to think about security, securing those networks. And we have a really, really unique offering and a very lucrative opportunity. So that's kind of almost like one side of the equation. I think about users coming into your network. The other side of the equation is, like we talked about, those apps that are running everywhere. And when you look at the really scary high-profile attacks, like these ransomware attacks, QMAC, like the Steamship Authority in Massachusetts, you know what that is? It's a ferry company. They drive ferries across the water. They got hit with a ransomware attack and shut down operations for days. So like these things are far and wide. Every company has the potential to get one of these ransomware attacks. And the way ransomware works is somehow, some way, the attackers find a way in. Somebody clicks on a link, somebody does something stupid, and unfortunately, the weakest link is always human, right? Somebody's like, oh, cool, wow. We're like, you know, that Nigerian prince, what a wonderful human being, you know? Like, I wanted to help him click. Okay, there we go. So now the attackers are in, and then they hopscotch around the network, finding the way to compromise one machine after another, and then get to the data that they need, and then they encrypt it, and then the ransomware is crippling. And this is something that we can solve very, very uniquely, because with our intrinsic virtualization platform, we put security everywhere, not at the edges. So where an attacker can go zipping on by, we put it underneath the web server and the app server and the database. And it allows us to look on a flow by flow basis and say, huh, this request into the Windows file server, this looks real, but this one, we know that's WannaCry. We know that's ransomware. Let's stop it. And it's really hard to do that with any other solution. Again, what's the missing ingredient here? We need our partners to help us go tell that story. Given how pervasive this is, it makes absolute sense that we have a are committed to an intrinsic strategy, security everywhere where it can possibly be, and absolutely sounds like we are differentiated in the market and well positioned for our partners. And it's a huge opportunity because of the challenge and the tax surface is growing exponentially every day. You've shared a couple of points, but who doesn't care about security? Find me a customer who's like, yeah, you know what? I don't really care about security. The good and the bad is. We're not just a me too player. We're not saying, hey, we do security too. We do it differently than the way it was done before. That means that we have to educate the customer on like, this isn't just a plain old firewall. This isn't like a Palo Alto or a Checkpoint or you know Cisco firewall that you've known for 20, 30 years. This is a distributed firewall, which is very, very different. You manage it differently, you think about it differently, and it's way more effective, better, faster, cheaper. So there's an educational component that again, we rely on our partners to deliver. Our customers trust you, our partners, to give them the straight scoop. Show them, hey, look, this, this is a different animal. Boy, we've enjoyed some wonderful success with our partners in the early days of this. Wonderful success. I'll give a shout out to a bunch of our partners that have helped us migrate from NSXV, which was the older version of NSX, to NSXT. There are thousands of customers out there running NSXV. And here's the problem we have. These customers like it. It works. So they're loath to make a change. Why do I need to upgrade to this new thing? I love the thing I've got and it works and it works perfectly. Well, it's five years old. It's having its fifth birthday. Time to say goodnight. We got to get you on the new thing. 
The new thing has all that advanced security, all these cool things that we can do. But migration is, is not like upgrading your iPhone. It's a bit of work. And we need our partners to do that. The partners have really stepped up in a really encouraging way. And it's creating opportunities for these partners because those thousands of customers, we're in touch with them. We reach out to them and say, hey, it's time for you to upgrade. They're like, okay, I need help. Where do I go? We're like, boom, partner A, partner B, partner C. So we're bringing leads to these partners and expanding their customer footprint at the same time you're helping us. That's the definition of partner, right? We help each other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our partners are on the front. I mean, VMware, first of all, has some amazing partners who have invested in the business, are so knowledgeable and are customer obsessed. They are on the front lines of delivering value and helping to drive all their digital transformations, including those very important migrations from NS6V to NSXT. Now, I know we have a upcoming NSX launch that we're all really, really excited about. Can you share, not to give anything too much away, people can go learn about it, but what's the big news with this launch and why is it so critical for our customers? Yeah, it's the biggest release we've ever done in NSX and potentially one of the biggest software releases VMware has ever released. Hundreds of engineers have been working on this thing for in some cases more than a year and ta-da, it's ready. So what do you get from it? You get some very significant advancements in that security story. So there's a a function called network traffic analysis. And there are whole public companies that just do network traffic analysis. What network traffic analysis does is is it requires you put a tap into multiple places in the network and and it makes copies of all the network traffic and it analyzes it. That's the traffic analysis part, right? So it crunches all the numbers and comes up with like a verdict that says, hey, this is good or bad. Tapping is an enormously inefficient and cumbersome process. You literally, it's like, oh, I'll just make two of everything. Just think about that. I'm just going to double all my network traffic and send some over here and some over there. So it's operationally cumbersome. It burns resources and it's slow. By the time the network traffic analysis reaches a verdict, the attackers are like, well, thanks for letting me know that the attackers just stole all my credit card numbers, but they're gone. So with NSX, we take that model, we turn it upside down. So instead of moving the packets to the analytics, we move the analytics to the packets using our distributed architecture. So we put a little tiny baby analytics package under each piece of the application. The web server gets its own, app server database, and there's no tap required. So tapless network traffic analysis. This is a multi-billion dollar market. We're the new kids on the block, but it's an add-on to NSX. So the customer that already has it doesn't have to reconfigure the network, doesn't have to do anything. If they can turn on a television, they can turn on network traffic analysis in NSX. Very, very powerful state-of-the-art technology, easy to operationalize, easy to scale, easy to sell. You plug this thing in, this is, this is how we got in the game. We plugged it in in our own network at VMware. And we sat behind traditional hardware-based firewalls. And we turned it on in monitor mode and said, what do you see? We found 32 attacks in progress. 32 attacks that were zipping through. And we're like, okay, stop that one, stop it. Yep, that's real, that's a problem. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. So proof is in the pudding. It's real easy to see the value here. It's real easy to operationalize this. I think partners that get on board are going to make a bunch of money. And that's the goal together. Well, if you needed evidence of why there's a reason to intrinsically link networking and security, I think with those 32 attacks you just showed, a perfect example of why we think about it together. Totally. Yeah. And that's just one of a number of big features in this NSX release. We've got a lot of like operational simplicity to making this thing easier and easier to use as we push down further into the market. The ability to support multiple sites, deep integration with VCF, which is a wonderful, wonderful product from VMware. 
some pedestrian things like IPv6 enhancements and all that, but that's all stuff that matters. So it's, you get all of that in this new release and we're really excited. And it sounds like the tabless network traffic analysis is just a killer transformation that is going to revolutionize how people are able to manage their network traffic. Yeah, it allows them to deliver better security. It's security for everyone. It used to be only a very high-end market could do some of this network traffic analysis. Now we make it so that anyone can do it. And we do it in a way that is both easy to use and highly effective. That's the key. You know, you get both of them when you embrace this cloud operating model. Now, I'm assuming, though, that those features are intrinsic to NSXT, not necessarily NSXV. And is that part of the reason why we're trying to get all of our customers to let go of something that they love so much and move over to the new platform? Entirely. As I said, as NSXV celebrated its fifth birthday, there's a very meaningful feature differentiation between what we sell in T and what we sell in V. So the opportunity for the partners is as we do these migrations, there's an upsell. This advanced, that tapless network traffic analysis thing, and so our advanced security suites, those can be half the price of the original NSX deployment, and yet it saves the customer enormous amount of money because it's better, faster, and cheaper than the hardware firewalls they have today. So partners, what we need from you is let's go in, let's talk to the customer about migration, and in the same breath, we'll say, hey, and we've got this fancy new capability And you can demo it and try it yourself and see the value and create an enormous upsell opportunity into our very large install base. So there's some low-hanging fruit out there that we need our partners to help us go pick. That'll keep us busy for the next 18 months, probably. Well, and along with the complexity, thinking about security strategies, how they need to think about it differently, managing the migration, there's also just a huge opportunity for services for our partners. We need their not just managing the migrations, We need those partners out consulting with those customers, helping to define those future strategy, helping educate the customers on the whole intrinsic approach to security as well. So like you mentioned before, our partners are critical to helping our customers steward this journey and take advantage of these amazing new features on our NSXT platform. Tom, one of the other big changes and transformations we're seeing across the market overall is fundamentally a shift to a rental model versus a buy model shifting to SaaS, consumption-based models versus perpetual license models. How is that trend shaping our roadmap and your strategy for our network insecurity portfolios? Or is it, and are we already there? Oh, no. So some products like Carbon Black were built from the beginning to be SaaS. So check. In fact, VMware would struggle to include them in some of our big ELAs because these are perpetual oriented ELAs, it's not easy to fit a SaaS order into those. So we had this kind of like impedance mismatch. New CEO comes in, he says, guess what, everybody? We're going to be a SaaS and subscription company. We're going to make this pivot now. And that's the, what we needed is like that clarity from the top. So the whole company is pivoting around SaaS and subscription. So the stuff that's already SaaS is going to get a big lift from that. But a product like NSX, that was not built to be SaaS. It was built to be a perpetually licensed premise-based software. However, all this cool new stuff that I was talking about, the new security SKUs, some of the new management things that we're doing, all designed to be SaaS that will make the perpetual premise-based NSX software, it'll make it a ratable subscription. So I would expect starting really now, but like for the next 24 months, we're going to see a very rapid transition from the old model of selling perpetual to selling SaaS and subscription. Now, that's a very good thing because SaaS is recurring. It's a gift that keeps giving, right? So every year, the customer just keeps buying more and more and more. 
It's also a good thing because it drives consumption-based selling. Make it easy for the customer to try and then show them the value and then they buy more and they buy more and they buy more. This is something that our partners can do really, really well. Like help our customers take a little bite, show them like, hey, you can do the security stuff. You know, you can put carbon black just in your servers in the data center and we can protect your workloads. And then we go back and then we go back and then we go back and just keep selling on it. And I think we have an enormous opportunity to embrace consumption-driven selling and let the products do some of the heavy lifting to prove the value to the customer as opposed to a salesperson. Tom, I would also assume that there's value to the customer in this model as well, because they don't have to always invest in a three-year ELA. They can reduce the risk because they're, particularly when it comes to security platforms, these are very risky decisions in terms of what direction to go. Because as you mentioned, this is the security of their data, their company, their apps. So it also seems to lower the barriers of entry to customers to be able to lean in with us. Goodness all around. We've got pieces of it in place today. We got more coming over the next 12 months, but this transition is going to happen in earnest at VMware and, and our partners, I think, are going to appreciate it and be along for the ride. And great opportunities for our customers and then great opportunities for customers because it sounds like we have some just winning features that are going to allow them to manage their environments in a much better and more secure way. As you look back, we talked a lot, Tom, about the exciting new things that are happening now. And as you mentioned, you've had, a, I'm just going to say, an extensive career in the networking and the security market and technology space. As you look back at your career and the time you've spent, what do you think has been some of the most pivotal technological innovations, the biggest things that have shaped this market? And what trends do you believe will have the greatest impact over the next three to five years? You know, it's really interesting. Security products especially in the data center, were all built around physical constructs. A server used to be a thing you could touch. This is my web server. It's in a box. It's right here. It's got this Ethernet connection. A user was a thing you could touch. It's a big, heavy... Do you remember the IBM PC AT? You know, I was an engineer back in the day. When I got my PC, boom, you know, put the 65-watt power supply on my desk. Like, it was... That was a big thing. Those days are gone, right? Like, so computing is now living in the cloud. It's software and the infrastructure underneath it. A lot of times, we don't even know what it is. You know, remember how like we used to be so cognizant of like, oh, I got an 802.86 processor and then an 803.86 processor. Now I have no idea what processor is running in my laptop. I don't even know what OS sometimes is there. You just know that it works and you use it. As the, the infrastructure has changed dramatically, why hasn't security changed? Why are we using the same old firewalls we used in like 1990 to protect cloud-native workloads? They're barely relevant in that world. So it's been an opportunity to rethink how security should be delivered. And VMware is right on the forefront of that. And it was like certainly positioned to do it really well because we're a software company, because we're a multi-cloud company. And so I, I must say, I've been at VMware almost four years now, and I have been uh, at, at different companies, including some really interesting startups. But VMware, I think, is one of the, the, the biggest opportunities for disruptive technology that allows customers to rethink how we deploy security, build it into their CI/CD pipeline, really embrace infrastructure as code and security as code, and then let the computers do the work. And don't be, don't be tied down to the CLI and logging into something and updating firewalls. That, that model, many people are still clinging to it, but it is a slow and inefficient model. And when you embrace the cloud operating model, you can move the cloud speed. And that's what our customers are looking for. And that's what we need our partners to help educate them and take them on that journey. You can also imagine as you embrace a fully software model, a virtualized model, as I was thinking about your description of the hapless network traffic analysis, 
I'm also thinking there's probably a huge opportunity to integrate machine learning and AI to do some of that analysis to rapidly improve response time, analysis time, and even preempt and take, in some cases, humans out of the equation. Do you see that as a trend? Building an expertise in machine learning is hard to do organically. And so we went out and acquired a company called LastLine. LastLine has a very, very deep understanding of threats and the machine learning capabilities to identify and stop those threats. In fact, the last line team are some of the most published security researchers in the industry. And what you'll find in machine learning is that pretty much every security company has a story around machine learning. But what distinguishes good from great is the size of the data set that you use to train those models. And I learned this at Ironport, my anti-spam startup, again, arguably industry-leading startup, and it was, we just had more email than anybody else. And so our spin filter was insanely accurate. With LastLine, with, with integration into NSX, NSX is running in 90 of the Fortune 100's data centers. What workload of the data center is VMware not touched? Like there's a few, but like really not that many. So that gives us access to a data set that others don't have. And that allows us to make extremely accurate security decisions. And customers will be able to see that when they plug it into their network, turn it on, and it lights up and see stuff that other people missed. One question, I had the opportunity to catch up with Colleen Capsey at Snowflake. She's now the senior vice president partner um, and alliances there. We were talking about that model. And one of the things that Snowflake is allowing to do based on their model is to be able to let the partners and their customers take the learnings from those data sets and be able to almost commercialize and capitalize them and, and be able to analyze the insights. I'm curious as to your thoughts about that type of model. And as you're talking about the value of these data sets, is there an opportunity even for that to evolve into almost a business of itself that further brings insights to companies about analysis that could be shared with others in terms of improving the entire process? The spirit of that is right on. I'm not sure that we would ever charge for that. But what we have found is that customers are extremely collegial about sharing data. The broader the data set we look at, the more accurate our security verdicts are. So people need to turn on and share data with us, which some people may resist and we're opt in, right? So we never require it. But when the customer turns it on, it's like a collective good. You're contributing to this brain in the sky that knows more and more and more, which means that it allows us to protect your infrastructure even better than we could without it. And that is a proven and very powerful dynamic that's going to continue. So it is really about the data. Having access to the data is what allows our machine learning to outperform others. It's a fascinating trend, and there's just so much innovation happening across this stage. I bet in three years, we're not even going to recognize where we are today. Maybe a little bit. So in the container world, is a whole other set of, of challenges. Uh, traditional security was built around VMs that talk to each other, web server, app server, database. When you move to a container world, it's not three tiers, it's 3,000 tiers, right? It's these little tiny things that are blinking on and off. And so VMware has really been leading the industry with what we call the Tanzu service mesh. The service mesh is a next generation network and security platform that's designed for cloud native applications and allows us to protect the apps and more importantly, the APIs that these apps used to communicate both internally and to the outside world. Because the API is the new endpoint in a cloud native world. And we're stitching it in to Spring Boot, which is the open source framework that developers use widely for building applications and APIs. As we think about security for cloud native world, we're not being hamstrung and taking old processes and trying to apply them to the new stuff, but we have really a separate team 
that's not constrained by legacy, that's off running and building net new security for these net new applications. So another example, Tom, of how VMware is committed to having security intrinsically woven in, in everything we do, thinking about it for the future as it's deeply ingrained. And love you sharing that example. Over the past year, we have all wrestled with a lot of issues in the world. And as leaders of technology companies that have been at the heart of helping customers and businesses continue to run, I think we've seen the pace of innovation just accelerate, the pace of demand from our customers just accelerate, and the pace of demands on leaders and leaders in that environment also accelerate. I'm curious over the last year and a half, how your leadership style has been challenged, how you've changed or learned or developed, and how you are a different leader today than you were 18 months ago. We've really embraced the work from anywhere, work from home model. We had no choice. What was pleasing to me is that despite the many challenges, and boy, we really had them. The height of the outbreak in India, we have a very large team in India that was heavily impacted. We still haven't been able to deliver our big releases on schedule and still drive the kind of quality and productivity that our customers have come to expect. So I'm really proud of the team for doing that. It wasn't easy. And I think there's a lot of lessons we've learned, a lot of efficiencies that we've created along the way, and we'll carry all that forward into what I hope is going to be kind of a hybrid world where COVID begins to fade away. Well, we're all hoping that it begins to, but I think just from experts that I've listened to, I think people are expecting some sort of this version to unfortunately continue for a couple of years. So there might be starts and stops as we try to come back and then have to deal with a different variant. So it's, it's great to hear that how well the teams are adapting to that. I also just want to confirm from your observations, I'm assuming that as we've seen the pace of the demand for remote work accelerate. That is also accelerating our customers' needs and requirements around networking, around security, as it's just Absolutely. cranked the volume up on everything. What we saw was kind of a logical progression where initially everybody's working from home. There was an emergency. Let's add more VPN capacity. Let's add more VDI licenses. Just scale up your existing stuff. But if you've ever tried to run a Zoom session over VPN, I probably don't need to say anymore, right? It's terrible. It barely works. The experience is, is awful. And so now that's leading customers to be like, hey, I need to think, I got to optimize here. So as opposed to reacting, we're in it for the long term. We want to think differently about our network. What we call SASE, this distributed security model in the Anywhere workspace, is the answer here. And I think that's going to be a great opportunity for us, great opportunity for our partners to help our customers optimize to adapt to this new work from anywhere world we're living in. You had mentioned that you said probably 75% of the customers you talk to, SASE is top of mind. I'm assuming that's because we're continuing to navigate this heavily hybrid remote work. Absolutely. It's, it's thrust upon us, so we all got to deal with it. And it's not going away. As we talk about the pace of technology, we talk about SASE, we talk about networking, we talk about Tanzu Service Mesh. All these different areas are creating a super hot technology talent market. We know there is the need for key technology talent in VMware, and I think we're doing a great job of bringing people, but I know our partners need it, our customers need it, and we need it. How are you and your organization working to attract that top talent to VMware and to retain it? As we think about talent and we think about innovation, where do good ideas come from? Like they come from everywhere. And so the more diverse workforce, the stronger we are which means we're opening up new pools for talent that we weren't accessing before. We're going into universities where we're bringing women and minorities into the program. We're going to new locations 
with a work from anywhere model where we can get people in new cities and new regions. So we're expanding the, ta- the applicant pool dramatically. And the other thing we're doing is we're educating. So we're willing to take a chance on someone that has, you know, I always say the good athlete. So someone that, is, that has skills and, and desire, but maybe not the specific experience. And we'll teach them about software networking. And I think our partners probably need to do the same thing. And we can help you there. We have training programs that can take a good solid engineer and we can make them an SDN engineer using things like NSX Ninja. And we do thousands of those. And we'll keep doing that. And we want to make it easy and digestible for our partners. So training and building that talent as opposed to poaching it from somewhere else is a pretty good path to go down. That's a fantastic path. And I know there are a lot of technology specialists across our different partners who came up through the virtualization path, but are eager to expand their career into these new areas in terms of network security. So something like NSX Ninja is a great option for that. Tom, let's wrap up our conversation today with just a couple of fun questions. What are you reading or listening to today that is making you think about the world in a different way, challenging your point of view? I'm a big indie music fan. During COVID, indie music is like incredibly talented artists that have had limited to no commercial success. So these poor people travel around the country or sometimes even around the world doing shows, barely making any money. And during the pandemic, it all just stopped. So some friends of mine and I put together this program we call In The Room, where it's a website that allows fans of indie music to connect with the artists that make this stuff. And it was entirely driven by the pandemic, but it actually works and it works great. Like people love it. Because it's one to few. So there was lots and lots of streaming concerts that are one to many. And this is like, it's a personal engagement. Maybe five or six fans that you and your friends go and listen to Josh Hyslip or, you know, whatever the artist's name is. So that's been an interesting byproduct that came out of all this. For me personally, I have three grown up kids that were sort of making their way in the world. And all of a sudden they got stuck at home and it was awesome. (laughs) You know, I just loved having them around. Another year or two of being dad is one I'll take. So that was has been kind of a nice silver lining to this whole mess that we've been in. That's great. And they probably introduced you to some other music that maybe you hadn't been aware yes, of as far as you sure. as you got to hear and yeah. listen. So I love the in the room and we'll make sure the how our listeners can find out more about that. I think that's just another example of how during this period of time, technology, while we've all been so siloed, in our Zoom boxes, has been able to find ways to bring people together and help transform models and industries. It's a new market. Lastly, the pace, we've, we've talked about so much change. The pace of our industry is relentless. One of the things everybody is working to manage is burnout as we're all work even more because we don't have to leave the house. What practices do you employ? Maybe it's being with your kids or the music, but what practices are you employing to stay grounded and stay energized? like one really easy answer for me, which is sports. I'm a bike racer and a big skier. And so I do the things that I love. It's hard when you work as much as we do to make time, but I make time for that stuff. But I've also like been pushing myself to learn new things. What I've been doing lately, it's called hydrofoiling. It's crazy. So imagine a surfboard with like a three foot mast on the bottom and then mounted to the end of the mast is like a wing. It's a hydrofoil wing. And so you tow it behind a boat and you stand up on the surfboard, and as soon as it gets any speed, the wing creates lift, and this thing levitates up out of the water. And so it's like you're riding a magic carpet. You're surfing on air, but you're not. You're, it's, the, it's the wing going through the water, but hydrodynamics and aerodynamics are kind of the same, so it feels like you're on air. Trust me, the first time that thing rises out of the water, it's pretty scary, but it is ridiculously fun. 
and took me way longer than my kids to be able to master it. But yeah, learning something new has really helped keep me sane during this time of, of never-ending Zoom sessions. That's great. I'm also assuming that you were doing that maybe in a wetsuit because if you were doing it in the waters uh, from California, in Northern California, they're not warm. Lakes. Got to be in a lake. It's, it's too, too, cold, too cold for the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we do wear wetsuits, but like, yeah, most of the time, not so much the wetsuit. The wetsuit is actually kind of nice because it's a little bit of body armor when you fall, you know, <laughs> a little bit of protection. Yes, yes. So last thing to close on today, what's exciting you most about the future of the technology industry? Well, at the end of the day, it's about helping people be more efficient and do things in new ways. Just look at what happened with COVID and the vaccine. Like this thing would have brought us to our knees without that vaccine. That vaccine was created by a bunch of really smart people that had really powerful tools to help make it. I'm just glad to be a tiny part of that. And to be able to power the data center that ran the simulations that led to this breakthrough, that's pretty awesome. So yeah, we're going to keep grinding. We're going to keep making this stuff more efficient, make it easy to use, and let our customers go keep doing amazing things. That's the plan. I love it. Well, with that promise for the future of technology today, we're going to wrap up our conversation. Tom, thank you so much for joining. It's just been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Great. Well, thanks for having me, Kathleen. This was fun. We're back. What an interesting conversation with Tom. It was great learning more about the highly anticipated launch of the latest version of VMware's NSX and how the new network traffic analysis feature will deliver scalable and improved security solutions for our customers without taps. Hope you enjoyed this great conversation too. To learn more about VMware, please visit vmware.com. To connect with Tom, you can find him on LinkedIn or on Twitter at at underscore Tom Gillis. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Remember to subscribe, follow, and review VMware Partnership Perspectives podcast from your streaming platform of choice. For more information on VMware's partner programs, please visit partnerexecutiveedge at vmware.com. I'm Kathleen Tandy, and thanks for listening.